Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss printing into HIPAA violations, linking lion health issues to parasites, and an E. coli outbreak happening right now. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 113 for the week of November 29th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Battistelli. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is T30.0, or burn of unspecified body region, unspecified degree. The vaguest burn, just digit, like <laughs> just... literally. Someone got burned. We don't know where and we don't know how bad. We just know. We just know. We know one we just thing. Know there's a burn. Heat was involved. And right. that's that. absurd (laughs) why not why why just i don't understand why not just leave it at burn right like burn (laughs) yeah if you're not gonna you don't have to specify that it's unspecified just like leave it at burn just leave it at burn and then just have anything that's related to burn just be labeled that and then if it gets more specified have that, that like over you know what i mean that doesn't make any sense i don't get it right i don't know i'm not a medical biller but i'm sure the medical billers in the world appreciate this one for sure right anyways first up in the news we have printing into hipaa violations two new jersey-based printing companies are being fined for committing hipaa violations they also might have violated the new jersey consumer fraud act abbreviated cfa The price to pay was $130,000. Yikes. The companies allegedly exposed the PHI of 55,500 New Jersey residents. Both companies have neglected to detect a printing error that impacted explanation of benefits, settlements, and mailed the error to patients. The error caused the back page of one of the member's statements to be printed on the front page of another member's statement and led to improper expose of claims numbers, provider, and facility names descriptions of medical services and dates of service. The two businesses agreed to implement a security awareness and anti-phishing training program. In addition to the fine, if they follow the terms of the consent order, 65,000 will be deducted from the settlement amount. Mm. So that's a good deal, I guess, you know? You get about the half off. The, yeah. Yeah. Half off. You get about half off that's your it. fine if you uh, follow terms. It's like a Black Friday deal. It's like, hey. Right, kind of. You know? You you gotta buy this one hundred and thirty thousand dollar HIPAA fine, right? Because your child wants it that bad, and you can't say no. Really, really wants it. But right. we're gonna do you a solid here because you want to put in anti phishing, um, and you know, so we'll we'll give you more than half off. Why not? Why right. not? That's cool. Um, yeah, it's very also scary. Though, yeah, how quickly or how easily we can just be exposing PHI of people like. Uh, yeah, what's crazy? I mean. What's even crazier is the fact that our our organization mails print prints and mails patient statements, mm-hmm. and this is exactly the same thing. It is. I was reading it. And I was like, "This all sounds so familiar." And this is crazy. Yeah, madness. Even it's the right, fear, well, man. It's what I don't know. Got to when it comes to HIPAA, you can't be screwing around. You got to be paying attention to stuff and. If you have a team that's not trained or accidentally, you know. So what I, I guess I guess my question is, is on top of all this stuff is what is the point of the anti-phishing training in regards to. Yeah, the whole thing? 
I'm not sure about that. That doesn't make any sense because it doesn't Maybe seem they, like they were victims of a phishing scam. It seems like yeah. they had an internal error that caused. Maybe they sell electronic statements and they're just doing this preemptively so that right. way they're like, hey, listen, HHS, we're getting we're, we're, we, we made a big we made an uh-oh. All right. And what I'm going to do is because of this, uh-oh, we also sell electronic statements and send those. So we're just going to go ahead and preemptively train our employees on anti-phishing. Wild. Yep. All right. Well. Next up, African lions versus parasites. Researchers at Oregon State University recently conducted an extensive study of FIV, often referred to as feline leukemia, in African lions. The researchers studied 195 free-ranging lions living in Kruger National Park, South Africa. The study concluded that secondary infections are important in disease progression. Additionally, the team found that if an infection is paired with parasites, the effect can be as severe as FIV to the lion's health. The parasites seem to alter the immune system in a way that drives progression of clinical diseases associated with FIV infection. These findings could have implications for other animal and human populations, affected by parasites and immunosuppressive viruses like HIV. Um, so I'm glad that these lines are free range. Sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when I thought of, when I heard Living that, I, was like, oh, I wonder if they're grass fed too, but I'm like, wait, right. they're lions. They're so not. Maybe they're free range. Meat they're like fed. antelope, antelope fed or whatever. <laughs> I just know that from the lion King, the lions eat the antelope and the antelope become the grass and it's all the circle of life. Antelope fed. Oh my gosh. That's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Um, yeah. Animals get viruses too. Yeah. I guess that's the big takeaway. Yeah. Other than the fact that that joke was hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So watch out, I guess if you're in South Africa and you go to Kruger national park, uh, right. Just be mindful. Social distance yourself from the lions. Not because they're lions right. and they can eat you at right. a moment's notice, but because they might have FIV. Right. So, you know, all jokes aside, that's sad. But it also, is. yeah. Next up, watch out. E. coli outbreak alert. Wee-woo. The Minnesota Department of Health and Minnesota Department of Agriculture are working with the CDC, the FDA, and the public health agencies in other states on an ongoing investigation of an outbreak of E. coli infections associated with eating organic baby spinach. According to investigators from MDH, the two people in Minnesota became ill from October 17th to October 23rd. Neither were hospitalized. One case reported eating Josie's Organics organic baby spinach purchased from Hy-Vee, and the other case reported Fresh Time organic baby spinach purchased from Fresh Time. Both brands are produced by Braga Fresh. The MDA collected leftover Josie's Organics Organic Baby Spinach with a best buy date of 10-23-2021 from a Minnesota home where a case of E. coli was present and the product tested positive for E. coli 0157. Additional outbreak cases are being investigated in other states. At this time, Minnesota health officials are warning against consumers to not eat Josie's Organics Organic Baby Spinach and Fresh Time Organic baby spinach with a best by date on or around 10 23 2021 and if they have it in their refrigerators to throw it out i feel like right. every year right around this time we get e coli outbreaks there's always something yeah um, it's always like some sort of lettuce it is yeah it's a leafy vegetable for sure yeah for sure um no. another thing i noticed is that braga fresh would be a sick like rapper name <laughs> I was like, Braga Fresh, I love that. Like, <laughs> someone should really take that. 
That is a sweet rapper name. <laughs> Braga Fresh. If I was on Braga Fresh's marketing team, first yeah. of all, I would bury this E. coli outbreak because that's bad PR. But I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Bury that story. I feel like. I feel like E. coli outbreaks are like cybersecurity breaches in that you kind of just prepare for them to happen, but you know that it's going to happen at some point, right? Like that yep. seems like it's like the reality. Like I don't yep. think that Braga Fresh doesn't necessarily follow these rules. I'm not going to assume that they don't follow the FDA's rules to avoid E. coli. I'm going to say that they do. Why not? Mm -hmm. But if I was their marketing department to bring it all back, I would I would make braga fresh like a a mascot and he would be like a rapper absolutely he would be on commercials like that's sweet hire us braga fresh if you want some consulting right <laughs> and with that let's go into our next segment b-r-e-a-c-h breach patrol it's a breach all of the latest cybersecurity breaches Welcome to Reach Control. We talk about the latest breaches all across the world. First up, Albert, what do we got? All right. EHR, downtime caused by cyber attack. Due to a recent cyber attack, Southern Ohio Medical Center has had continued problems with their EHR downtime. This results in appointment cancellations. You see, an unauthorized third party gained access to the center's computer servers in a targeted cyber attack. The center's emergency department remained open for non-ambulance issues. The situation was to the point where SOMC had to use pen and paper to treat patients. The downtime has temporarily closed down outpatient cardiac testing, outpatient rehab in Portsmouth, Wheelsburg, Lucasville, and Vanceburg, and sleep appointments. EHRs, man. Yeah. It can affect everything. Right. Imagine going back to the saying, Stone Age and having to use a pen and paper. I know. And the, what makes it worse is anytime we talk about this, I have to make the obligatory joke about how doctors' handwriting is impossible. So yep, yep, while these doctors are making notes of all these patient engagement people, their you know office management team is going to have to translate this back into the EHR once they get it back running, and it's going to be nearly impossible to try to translate it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, is that a Q or is that a B? Uh, right. I have no what is idea. This here? That's just a drawing. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like hieroglyphics. That's just a stick figure of a guy with a burn in an unspecified location. Right. Right, right. It all comes back. <laughs> it all comes back. I see fire, and then I see a body, but there's no, <laughs> but it's, no idea it's where. Just, yeah, it's like a game of Pictionary or Telestrations. It's the same thing. I love that. I, uh, I it didn't say what type of cyber cyber attack it was. It did not really. I mean, it, it just says that the unauthorized third party gained access to their center computer. Mm -hmm. Uh, so. so I mean, but they've got downtime, so maybe it could be one of two things. Number one, it could be a ransomware attack, which is bad, and they haven't said that. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was that because they happen so often. Number two, it could be they told the EHR company of this unauthorized party that they noticed and the EHR company that they're outsourcing to just shut down access so they could try to figure out the loophole that they got through, okay. which that one doesn't really seem as plausible because you don't want to have downtime if you're an EHR provider for your clients. So right. it could be the case, but I don't think it is. Okay. So I'm going to go on a hunch and say it's ransomware, Albert. That makes sense. I trust okay. your expert opinion, Matt. Thank you. Thank you very much. And so do all that. of our loyal listeners. And I'll be, I'll be able to sleep well tonight because of that. So Good. thank you. You're welcome. Next up, FBI gets their email hacked. Uh-oh. Several private sector cybersecurity officials at businesses woke up last Saturday morning to a frightening 
but fake alert. The FBI is investigating a what's called sophisticated chain attack, and everyone is vulnerable. Everyone. But here's the thing. The message was fake and sent by hackers who gain access to the Bureau's email system, taking advantage of critical vulnerabilities that still exist in the federal systems nearly a year after the discovery of the SolarWinds cyber espionage campaign. Hackers sent thousands of emails to private sector organizations Saturday morning about a fake cyber attack. The FBI said in an elaborated statement Sunday that hackers gained access to its law enforcement enterprise portal over the weekend through a software misconfiguration, which allowed them to send fake emails about a cybersecurity supply chain attack that wasn't actually happening. All eyes will be on how transparent the FBI continues to be about the attack and how it happened. So, yeah, scary, but yeah. it's, what it is is it's a white hat hack mm -hmm. on the FBI. Got it. So I hope the FBI either... So this could either be a fault. This could be, this is probably what it is, Albert. And Go it's on. going to be funny. This is a good joke. I'm laughing about it already. I can tell. But this is probably a job application because <laughs> the FBI should hire this person right. to make sure that they, because they found the vulnerabilities. Right. Prove that the vulnerabilities exist. Mm -hmm. So that's really bad. But the person who knows how to get the vulnerabilities is the white hat hacker who they should hire immediately sense. so that they can close these exploits and so that they can continue to find exploits in their system because solar winds was really, really bad and it happened last year and people still talk right. about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, hopefully something, hopefully they, they hire this guy because they need it. Yeah. It's weird though. When you get those fake emails, like, I don't know. I got, an email a couple days ago that from like Norton antivirus. It's like, we're mm -hmm. going to like renew your thing at like $400 unless you call or unless you go to this site or call this number or do this. And I'm like, I don't have Norton antivirus. <laughs> and so I like did a quick Google search and it's like, Oh yeah, it's just like a scam where people are trying to like gain access to your information. And if you click on the link they send you, you're screwed. Yeah. They sent me like seven. I got like, so like every day I got a different one and I was like, mm. so I just kept having to delete them. Oh my gosh. Now, Norton, get the hint, huh? Norton right. hackers, I don't want it. Jeez. Good thing you Googled it. Right. Well, I yeah, I am relatively young and know that suspicious emails shouldn't be clicked on. Just like when someone calls you and asks you to drop off $10,000 at his location and they'll give you 40000 back, you just don't do it. Like, <laughs> but right. I don't know. anyway, all right, next up, reviving the Marriott data breach. In a brief filed Friday, the Construction Laborers Pension Trust for Southern California argued that Marriott's failure to publicly disclose privately held concerns about IT deficiencies after its 2016 acquisition of Starwood Hotels deprived investors of their right to accurate information. The Pension Trust's investments in Marriott Corp. plummeted in value in the wake of a data breach. The organization told the Fourth Circuit that a federal judge wrongly ignored evidence that the hotel giant's board of directors misled investors about the company's commitment to cybersecurity. The fund's lawsuit accused Marriott's board of inflating stock prices by lying to investors about the safety of customer data inherited after the Starwood merger. There is yet to be a resolution to the situation. So basically what happened is, is this company had a ton of stocks in Marriott and then the stock mm -hmm. plummeted once Marriott got super big time breached in 2016. And that company that has a bunch of stock and put their trust in Marriott is mad. So now they were want a little bit of reparations is what it seems. Yeah, like. it does. So that just goes to show you 
that when a breach happens, it's not that the, yeah. the 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 bad news continues to happen years right. later. Like this is it's five just, years after that attack. Right. It's not just the breach that's bad. There's fallout that can come from that. You can lose yep. clients. You can lose trust. It's like a nuclear that. attack, man. It's like a nuclear yep. bomb. Yep. The initial sure. strike is really bad, but over the course of years, the fallout still exists. Yeah. Wow, what a good analogy. Wow. That was a great analogy, Matt. I'm so, like, wow, I'm impressed. And that's it for this week's wrap-up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm at Money Penny. And I'm Albert Metastelli. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bandage Podcast produced by eTactics.